0: Welcome to Thinking Hi. Like a Lawyer. Oh, see, I almost got by there.
1: Yeah, uh, but you didn't.
0: So uh, I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. That's Captain Rubino, who also works in the same place. And we're <laughs> here again for a, you know, a podcast where we kind of go through some of the big stories of the week in the legal universe. Yeah. So what uh, have things been for you?
1: Very slow. Yeah. Oh, slow. no, I'm lying. I'm oh, very much lying. Yeah. Since well, last we chatted, there was a lot of movement in the big law market. Generally right, speaking. so
0: I guess uh, I guess we will will eschew small talk and jump right into. Well, I
1: mean, we can small talk if you prefer.
0: I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um,
1: How I, was your weekend, Joe?
0: It's fine, fine, fine. How was yours? Great. Good. Good. Yeah. How's the weather?
1: Uh, not great. Mm. Rainy. Rainy. Generally speaking, is is. Been true for a few days now
0: great well, okay I feel like we've exhausted <laughs> that topic so maybe we'll uh maybe we'll move right in then so let's talk raises
1: yeah it's been a very busy uh, week or so since last we chatted with the uh, thinking like a lawyer audience and listen associate compensation is something we've been talking about quite a bit on the podcast usually or previous to this week we've been talking about it in terms of uh special bonuses which are you know sort of please stay at the firm little things uh handed out but last week on thursday Millbank announced that they were going to raise associate salaries
0: right so for anybody who's not been following the years and years of how this goes Associate salaries were very sticky for many, many years. Mm-hmm. We went from, there was a big jump in the late 90s from, you know, to jump into the six figures, basically. And then from then, it kind of held for many, many years. Right. And then there was a slight jump. And then it held for another many, many years. And then, so between like 1999 and 2016, there was very little movement, like a, a slight jump. And then mm-hmm. 2016, there was a big jump. We had another one in 2018. Then 19, we had a cost of living adjustment, basically. And, you know, now we have yet another leap. It's not even that we just had another leap within a couple of years. We had another leap within several hours. As you said, Milbank starts the movement by, by changing the pay scale to have the first-year associates making $200,000 a year in the scale within... You know, less than twenty four hours later, uh, Davis Pope changes this and mm-hmm. starts paying the first year associates two hundred and five. Uh, right. Essentially, the people who have just started and like haven't right
1: that that we call yeah. it generally the stump year. Yeah, it's they haven't been at the firm for a full year yet. Year yet. They graduated a couple months ago, just took the bar exam, or right. those folks t- are yeah.
0: getting. 2025 right right which is actual actually first years but yeah. that,
1: that is actually something that is distinct generally speaking the stump year and first years are lumped together Correct. in a single band mm-hmm. but for whatever reason saving 2500 dollars per per new associate i suppose the new davis poke scale separates those folks out into two different groups
0: yeah so now we have 205 as the like first year first year not the zero f year mm-hmm. uh folks so 205, a big number. We're starting to see matches of that scale. We've now seen one person, one firm who matched the Milbank scale immediately has now re-upped and matched the Davis-Polk scale. Uh,
1: McDermott. Yeah, Yeah.
0: McDermott. It's filtering through. So I think we have enough to talk about for quite some time on this. So let's think through what do we, um, where do you want to take this conversation first?
1: First of all, I I think that let's talk about the early matchers to the Milbank scale. Okay. Right. That was, uh, I think, Mince Levin did it, McDermott, Cadwalader. So far, the only one that we've heard about, although I expect them all to, and Milbank included, I expect to match the davis Polk scale. But I think that it was really interesting. Some of the firms that were very vocal about wanting to recruit in the lateral market, McDermott, mm-hmm. Mintz, were very, very vocal about that. And they're some of the first firms that jumped up to the new Milbank scale. Uh, and not necessarily the firms that you would, would have previously thought about it as early movers. Mince, I think, had taken two months, almost two months, to match the twenty eighteen raises. Okay. So you know, it was interesting to see that the need for laterals, I think, is really pushing this. This raise and the those firms that are going to be quick about it and the fact that mcdermott you know turned around and issued a second memo within two days also speaks to their desire to to recruit
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna push back on that just because i think you're absolutely right about the concept but i think you have it in reverse i don't think this is about recruiting i think it's about retention
1: Uh, oh yeah 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 yeah
0: i think right now the amount of in particular, transactional work, but legal work generally, but the amount of transactional work running through the system right now has firms absolutely swamped with leaving revenue on the table because they can't physically mm-hmm. do all get all the work done. They're making huge demands to get more attorneys. We've heard of six-figure bonus signing bonuses from some of these firms right. just to get human bodies who can do the work. Those folks going to, say, Kirkland for six-figure bonuses, mm-hmm. they're coming from somewhere, and they might be coming from Mintz. And people like Mintz have to... uh do what they need to make sure they don't lose those folks and put themselves right. behind the but,
1: but folks that have been very vocal about wanting even mm-hmm. more folks to do the work. I don't know if you saw, this is not a legal meme that I that I saw, but there was definitely a, a bunch of like just workplace memes that were saying how the pandemic has caused such a crush in new work and firms, uh, not firms, but companies are so excited to tell you how much they want to help your quality of living but aren't willing to hire new people to help with the extra work. Mm. And that was not legal industry-based, but it certainly resonated, I think, for legal industry folks. And what we are seeing is that some firms are are looking for the bodies, looking for the folks to do more work, and I think to help quality of life, and I think also just more people generate more revenue. That's what happens when you have a billable model, right?
0: Well, and a billable model that is based, as it is in a lot of these big law firms, on leverage. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is, Mm -hmm. look, when, when a first year is running around and doing their document review or whatever, it's important to note that even though you're paying them 205, realistically, given the amount of work that big law is, which is long hours, and whatever, Mm -hmm. they're being functionally paid, what, somewhere around between 80 and 90 bucks an hour, maybe. They're being billed out for their time at, what, between 450 and 600. 50 an hour, Probably, yeah. I would assume, yeah. for a first year. And by assume, I'm not really assuming. I'm saying that actually is the range that the <laughs> firms have. But different firms do it differently. So I was trying to give them the flexibility. So when you have a model where the giant markup is between the sunk cost in the first year salary and what, they, and what you bill them out at, mm-hmm. having people to do that work is key. And 205 sounds like a lot of money until you start factoring in You're working 2,100 hours a week, and law school has left you in 200 grand of debt, and this is kind of what you need to pay people to get them their foot in the door.
1: And the other thing to note, and and I think the other part of the reason why why we're seeing salary increases is that – Generally speaking, the profit margins at the top big law firms has increased. Yeah, uh, you know we had seen prior to 2020, we would seen rates of in the high 30 uh, percent profit ratios to you know high 30 percent. Now we're seeing 39 to 42 mm-hmm. for the best law firms, and that is that's a that's a nice little uptick and an mm-hmm. extra ten thousand fifteen thousand dollars per associate is is not bad' it's not it's not bad for that increase in profitability
0: yeah that's that's a issue a lot of times mainstream media coverage of the amount of money that young associates make is fixated on oh they're making all this money like hey mm-hmm. this is blah blah but at the end of the day, I mean, that money's coming into the firm. Yeah. Where is it supposed to go?
1: Right. It, uh, is par- it supposed right. to
0: make partners even richer? Because otherwise, it kind of has to go to the associates. That's actually not fair. It could go to the council or the staff sometimes. But yeah. the point remains. Yeah. It goes to people who who are not
1: uh, – Who are making you, money for the firm. Yeah.
0: When you push back against the idea of raises, what you're really saying is that you would rather the partners, partners just yeah. pocket it.
1: Right, right. And And – running a big law firm is a complicated financial proposition. There's lots of things. And the other part of this is also partner recruitment, right? That mm. There are two kind of components, I think, to to recruiting partners successfully. One is profits per partner, <laughs> right? And so you are trading that if you're giving raises. You're saying, yes, the, the amount that we are dividing amongst our partners by whatever complicated formula we have is going to be slightly smaller. But I think that uh, savvy lateral partners are also looking for g- a good associate talent base. They can o- they only have so many hours individually to bill out. It's about having a team of folks that are billing out.
0: Well, and this brings us to it depends on what your particular book of business is, mm-hmm. and I think the issue and why you know we're seeing so much hot movement and transactional and stuff where you have to have deal teams to make everything work. That's the sort of job where having quality people makes the platform work for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you will trade off some amount of what you have to get the platform to work. But right. if I think, we talked in the past about these virtual firms. You had a interview uh, with some – well, you're not, not an interview, right? I think you, it was a
1: trivia question. It was a trivia yeah, question yeah.
0: about how some of these virtual firms are actually – one of them cracked the AMLA 100 this year. Correct. And part of the reason that's happening is that if your business model is such that it is discrete tasks that you as a partner can – maximize by doing yourself, those virtual firms are now more attractive and partners are leaving for those because they can keep more of their money because they don't need a heavily leverage based billing model. Mm -hmm. But point remains, when you do, you need to be paying associates so that you can compete in it. And it's not just, it used to be about getting the best talent. Now there's a factor of there's physically not enough bodies, (laughs) which is why we have these giant Signing
1: uh, th- yeah, this is why we have a compensation war for for mm-hmm. folks. And it is it is a very interesting moment that we're seeing. I, it is unlike other raises we've seen in the past where this is this is really being linked very very closely to a lateral market that is fire, unprecedented in in a ton of ways. And I think that a lot of uh, legal industry observers are trotting out what we've said and what they've said in the past about raises. Oh, raises are generally seen by an, a, a slump in billing rates and, and and all this kind of stuff. You know that they've seen a slump in billables and I don't know that we're going to see that. I think that this is a, a, of a different kind and I don't think that everyone can or should hit that 205 number i think that we're we've long talked about the difference between sort of the the amlaw 50 the very top of that and sort Mm -hmm. of the rest and i think that that might we might see a difference in in starting salaries
0: yeah i mean i we've talked about this for a while now with a lot of these raises it almost seems like this is a you know, this is our life on a deja vu loop. Mm-hmm. Every time one of these raises happen, we start wondering if this will be the one where sure. people don't try to keep up with the Joneses. Will this be the one where a Amlaw, say, second 50 firm says, you know what? That's just not the world we play in. We're going to pay 190.
1: I mean, I also think it's very interesting. And I think the, a firm's book of business and, and where they are may also play a role because – We're not seeing the same demand for, for example, litigation associates as we are for corporate associates. So perhaps they'll change out of a lockstep model, whether it be on base compensation or on bonuses. But that is also a potential response that they are keeping the folks that they need. And the folks who are in less demands may not see the benefit of sort of, of the market. I mean, it's that is kind of potentially scary. I think.
0: Yeah, it's there's a lot of moving parts uh, as for how the money goes, and I got to be honest, I don't necessarily know all of it because I went to law school to be a lawyer, nice, not an accountant. Nice. Take advantage of Nota, no a no-cost ai management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind with one-click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts, and real-time bank data. Visit trustnota.com/legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. But you're right. We could see some variation. One aspect that we may see some variation on, and we already have a little bit of insight, is Paul Cinelli, who has offices all across the country, including in hotbed markets like New York and DC and San Francisco, but also in St. Louis and Nashville and Chattanooga. Their announcement is that they are matching the 200K, the original Milbank scale, not the Davis Pope. 205 raise at the top and 170 at the bottom, and it's varying by office. That is an interesting announcement because the trend over the last few sets of raises have been firms saying that they're moving everybody kind of in a blanket scale, no matter what office you're in, Mm -hmm. uh, which was reflecting another trend, which was that we had started seeing whether it was because they had some family connection there or what, but we had started seeing a market of folks who cut their teeth in New York or whatever saying, and now I've decided I'm moving to Dallas. And with high-end, in-demand, New York-related, uh, New York or DC-based associates opting to move to these smaller markets, even though traditionally we paid those markets less because there's you know, less business there, the cost of living is less, whatever, they very much got caught up in a uniform pay scale across the country. This announcement out of Paul Snellie at least suggests that maybe we've hit the bridge too far on the right. everybody getting the same uh, same money. Flip side of that, though, is maybe that isn't how we're going to go this route because we're living in a world coming off of a pandemic where everyone made more money than ever by being totally remote. They've invested in infrastructure for virtual meetings. Are we instead going to start seeing folks say – Location really is meaningless, and we are paying everybody. I mean, so we, that's going to be a, a thing. to I mean, I think out.
1: that we we had already been seeing that location is meaningless in terms of salary right. because before the Millbank uh, set of increases on uh, last week. We had seen a couple of firms uh, announce salary increases, but those were generally firms that were on a different locations get different amounts of money kind of worldview. And they were sort of right sizing and saying, you know, there's a uniform scale across the country. So, you know, the raises that we had seen pre Millbank were on smaller markets getting bumped up to the larger markets. So I don't know that we're going to see a big trend there. I think that that might be how we see that kind of mid-range firm try to catch up saying, you know, for in New York and Silicon Valley we can we can play, we can play, but we're not going to do it in our Pittsburgh office, for yeah. example. And but it's a way to kind of get to to kind of get like a check mark in the minds of so so or uh, law students that are in the New Yorker interviewing in the New York market to say oh well they make two oh five not necessarily doing a deep enough dive to say well sure in that market
0: yeah we've talked for years that legal demand is not really it's largely stagnant like low mm-hmm. small growth and that revenue increases have mostly been through the process of. Billing rates going up. Right. Who Obviously, here, we are in the middle of some good demand, uh, which is why we we're having a lot more money. But as sure as the tides, whenever there is a raise increase, uh, in-house counsel decide to regale us with their thoughts about it, usually anonymously.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, they're not happy. Yeah. But uh, I don't well, know. it's
0: not so much that they're not happy. They just... I really hope these don't come across as rate increases. And the answer is they will because they they always do and you always pay them. So I have no sympathy for you. I
1: mean, and here's the thing. Like if you, if you think about it in terms of inflationary changes, we're not talking about crazy uh, salary increases, right? So these, these are, Generally speaking, uh, there's not a, a every year cost of living adjustment to first year salaries because each individual right moves up the ladder and gets an increase that way. Uh, so there hasn't been like a there aren't like yearly cost of living stuff. So every couple of years you get a big splashy one. And but here's why I think they're actually complaining more so even than typical, though they always yeah. will complain. Uh, and part of it's because their own compensation structure is often paid uh, often based on profitability, right, and how much money they're able to save the company. Right. So knowing that they have yes, they might have to pay it, but they're still going to be pissed about it because it's going to affect their ability to make their own bonuses at the end of the year. But part of it is also because there was uh, a recent survey uh, by Ogletree and uh, FTI Consulting that talked that said how 60 percent of in-house legal departments said that they are are freezing hiring of new in-house folks. Mm. So we're seeing something very different than what we're seeing in the big law, kind of half of the of the equation where we're seeing people can't hold on to their folks. The lateral market is fire. And the opposite, when you're talking about an in-house opportunity, saying most places are not even considering expanding or filling new roles. Right. So I think that there's also a. there's a different vibe going on in that market, and they're maybe not a f- a fully realizing how important it is for big law firms to hold. If you want your deals, if you want your stuff to be staffed, that's, this is how big law has to play in order to get those folks. You want your deals staffed by the best and the brightest. Well, then you have to pay for it. Yeah. I'm sorry, but this is just life. You You fully sign up for capitalism in other ways, and this is the other side of it. Yeah, it, it, it's weird
0: because a few years ago, I feel as though we had a, a moment for the in-house legal department. They were moving more work in-house, uh, hiring fewer outside firms. Mm-hmm. Smaller tasks were being brought in. This was partially a factor of not wanting to pay fees, and also a factor of you know in, improvements in technology and third-party discovery companies and so on, making it easier for in-house legal departments to handle things on their own. And it seems as though that, that experiment has reversed itself. Departments are laying people off. They're going back to the idea of hiring big outside folks. We've seen salary increases that are followed by rate increases that don't seem to affect revenue streams, which suggests that whatever appetite there was to cut costs has you know, doesn't really happen. And this is the, you know, the the old adage was that you, do, you don't get fired for hiring Cravath, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, if your in-house legal department and you look at a situation, you probably could hire a mid-tier firm that charged less to do that job. But you're not going to because what if something goes wrong? If you hire Cravath and something goes wrong, no one's going to blame you because you at least hired an the elite best. firm, yeah. you know, so long as that mentality exists and that decisions are made on that kind of work, that kind of scale, eh, everyone's going to pay the higher fees. And if you're paying the higher fees, you may as well go all in.
1: Yeah. I, I, and I, I think that will continue because uh, but I but I do think that especially, um, you know, anonymous in-house folks that are 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 talking about the raises that they're outside counsel are getting are doing it because it's, it feels un, quote unquote unseemly because that's not what they're getting. And listen, yeah. I get it. Like I'm a legal industry journalist and I'm reporting on it. And that's not necessarily raises that I personally see. So there is kind of a, Oh, but for you know various choices in your career, could I have been? What could I have been making at one point if I had stayed in the firm? But listen, in-house folks get lots of benefits that firm folks don't, right? Mm-hmm. People see it as a lifestyle move. There's different opportunities afforded to you if you go in-house than if you stay in a firm, and you made a choice.
0: Yeah, and and again to an earlier uh, earlier subject to, to suggest it's unseemly, mm-hmm. really is to suggest that the partners should just keep pocketing the money because the money's there. Right,
1: Right. exactly. (laughs) I mean, don't forget what I said earlier, right? was that there was a spike in profitability at firms. So yeah, they're sharing it with associates. Why do you care how big law decides to divide up their profits? Right,
0: because the, the amount of money that's going to be the inevitable fee increase which Mm -hmm. will happen is not going to be the amount that covers 100% this increase like a lot of this is because this is the way that the truth
1: is firms are more likely to do fee increases than they are to pass that increase in money to their associates right Mm -hmm. like they they make all all sorts of fee increases all the time that aren't like for years when salaries were stagnant fees weren't.
0: Right. It's also true that, like, not to get into the economics of it all, but realistically, it's, I mean, no one's paying sticker price. Like, <laughs> these, yeah. these billable rate increases all get, go through a series of filters before, and mm-hmm. discounts before people actually get them. It's all kind of a almost a marketing thing, how they're doing it all. So, Figuring out what the real increase is, is different than what happens when the firm just sends out a new bill sheet. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's kind of almost being a phrase that, I've had to say a lot over the past week over a different issue. It's being a little deliberately obtuse to mm-hmm. say, Oh, they're going to raise all of our feet. It's yes, the, you'll see those numbers increase, but what is the real increase that you're going to face? That's a different story. And you know that, and we all know that. but, but I almost you know, feel like posturing he's, for the Wall Street right, Journal or yes, whatever. Yes, I think you'll that those that.
1: I think those kind of posturing kinds of statements are just part of the elaborate dance that yep. happens every time this happens. and and frankly, I'm like, I'm exhausted by it it's it's not genuine. you know that in order to keep these deals staffed, firms need to do this so yeah. stop it Just yeah. stop it
0: well anyway, so we've we've had a lot. is there anything else about uh about raises you want to get into?
1: Well, I mean, I think that we're going to continue to see it. um some of the biggest players historically in associate compensation have not yet made a move.
0: ooh, that's an interesting point. well first, let's quickly taken aside to hear from our friends from lexicon and then we'll uh get into that the the what comes next All right, so the what comes next speculation mm-hmm. is, and I think you and I have talked about this offline, do we think this is the end of raises? Like has no. D- Davis Polk, Put Up the definitive, or and obviously not the end of raises for all time. We're not going into the like, scale, right, right? But it, the, the, of this cycle, is this the end, or has Davis Polk said it, or are we going to see something I else? I don't think so. Interesting. Uh,
1: I think that uh, someone else, um, <coughs> Gravath, uh, might come. <laughs> oh, over. You, you
0: had a cough there, did you? <coughs> Gravath, uh, what?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that there's a, a very strong possibility of another sort of raise to the compensation grid meaning kind of the standard that everyone tries then to match, uh, not necessarily on first-year uh, associate salaries, which first-year usually get like the the headline number, but I think that particularly for mid- and senior associates, those are the folks that are most in danger of lateraling, going somewhere else. They're the ones who are, are, are in most demand. So I think that someone else coming over the top, at least as as it applies to senior, maybe mid-level associates, I think is something we're likely to see. I think that's what happened in 2018. Where the first year numbers didn't change, but mid-senior associates in 2018 Grav increased those numbers and then everyone matched that, that salary.
0: Not to call out a specific firm, but there, there is a firm, the one that we're talking about, that is so philosophically and old-fashionedly married to its system of mm-hmm. we don't really bring in laterals. We, you know, do everything. We 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 train people from the ground up. And that sort of worldview is why. You're the target of people poaching. That's where people are going right. to go right, get right, right. your mid-term. So you, unlike some of these other firms, if they lost a fifth year, can turn around and hire a new fifth year. cravat has some severe risk of really having holes in their staffing if mm-hmm. they don't
1: right or do unless something. they change their philosophy, which right, seems less right. likely. So um, yeah,
0: so I think that's yeah. why they're the most likely to make a bump and say something like we start at 205, but we think fifth years get 10 grand more or whatever. Problem is mm-hmm. then, is everyone going to match that and put everyone back at square one? Uh, are I they mean, going to try to deal with it through some sort of a bonus structure? It's unclear.
1: I think that – if you if your goal is to keep those mid level and senior associates at wherever they currently are, I think that you have to make that move. If you're really at risk, it depending and it depends on your numbers. Different firms, you know, if you have three fifth years, yeah, you're gonna make you're gonna match it. You know, <laughs> if you if you have you know a class of 150 fifth years, may, Well, I don't know. I think it certainly becomes more of a discussion. But if you're really concerned about losing that tier of associates, I think you have to. And I think that that's why some of the folks that i'm very certain will eventually match the 205 scale at a minimum have not yet moved and i think that they're waiting to see just to wait to see what else shakes out and then they'll they'll bow to whatever the prevailing market rate is
0: yeah well all right so i think that finally you know an interesting day uh interesting stuff to follow uh you should be reading above the law to get all of these as they happen. We also have a bonus alerts set up, uh, which you can sign up for and then get a, a ping, an email pinged over to you as soon as these stories come up so you, you aren't missing any of them if you're fast and furiously trying to keep on top of the market mm-hmm. uh, and let people uh, who maybe are your bosses know that your closest competitor just raised everyone everyone's uh, salary. Uh, if you are at a firm and you just saw your salary increase, you should uh, tell us about it uh, at Above the Law. Uh, reach out to us in any of the various ways of on Tips the website. At above the
1: law.com.
0: Right, or social media or whatever. You Be- can also
1: text us at 646-820-8477. That's a text only line.
0: Right, you should send these things. Obviously we'll keep you anonymous, but we wanna know, one of the things that we always feel we have to tell people is that we will sometimes get some tipster who says, you didn't report on my firm doing it last week. That's because you didn't tell us. Uh, (laughs) We don't don't magically know that a firm has done things. Uh, If you think, oh, I'm not going to say it because everyone else at the firm has probably already told them, don't think that. We are more than happy to get 50 emails from one firm as opposed to not getting any. So, let us know you should be listening to this show subscribe to it give it stars write something about it all great things you can listen to the jabot which is katherine's other program uh, the legal tech week Journalist Roundtable, a show that I'm also on. You should be listening to the other programs from the Legal Talk Network. Check us out on social media. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One, the numeral one. What else? Oh, uh, thanks to Lexicon and NOTA powered by MT Bank, for sponsoring this show and helping you all hear it. And with all that said, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week when I assume the, you know, I assume salaries will be $350 for first years or Peace. something. I don't know. <laughs>